listen, church is important. I'm going to tell you something this morning that you're not going to hear in the streets. You're not going to hear in the honky-tonks. You're not going to hear in the bar rooms. You're not going to hear in, in the worldly friends. Because we're here today just to give you a message. Not my message. <laughs> Jesus' message. He has a word. Listen, I've been doing this a little while, and I've seen some great things happen. Because God is a, a God of freedom. No matter what you're going through, if you trust Jesus, you're free. <laughs> if the Son has set you free, you're free indeed. When you got born again, you got separated from the world. Uh-oh, come on now. See, you're no longer trusting Men's wisdom, and I'm not saying that men can't give you a good work, a doctor or, you know, people that in the profession to help you physically. And so, That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when men say there was a big bang that happened billions of years ago, and God says in the beginning was God. What are you going to believe? In the beginning, it exploded. Nothing exploded. It made everything billions of years ago. How stupid. Nothing. But the Bible says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was out form and void. And we go on to the rest of when God made everything. God is a, a powerful being. You know, there are people right now dying of disease. There's people dying of, 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 of you know, drugs and alcohol and looting their lives. And they go to a man, and the man says, well, you're always going to be an alcoholic. Don't, don't even try. You, 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 it's, a, it's a disease. But Jesus says it's a sin. And it could be anything. When we look at the world's view of God, God is just somebody you, you could imagine in your mind. He's, he's the big guy upstairs. He's, he, he's just sitting there, and he's... You know, every once in a while, he does something. But that's not the God I serve. The God I serve is powerful. And listen, no matter what the situation looks like, God is in control. I've grown in some of the hardest tests in my life. I've grown when I faced the hardest things in my life. When God came and he ministered to me and he, he set me free. Trials and temptations come. We don't have to yield to the devil. All right? You don't have to yield to Satan. I want to be an example of who Christ is, okay? I want you to be an example of who Christ is. Lord, we just thank you for this morning. I just thank you for the word this morning. I ask you right now to move mightily over this word in Jesus' name. And my, my little message this morning, are you an example of Jesus? What is Jesus like? You know, I, I, read, I've been read, I read the Bible a few times already, and I started looking at something about Jesus. Jesus is not just like anybody. He's not just a religious figure or a historical figure. He's God in the flesh. He comes to set people free. Muhammad can't do that. Mary can't do that. 
Come on, somebody. Buddha can't do that. Jesus is the only one that can do that. How do you know that? Because I saw it. I've witnessed it. I've saw his, the name of Jesus change lives. I saw the name of Jesus heal bodies. I saw the name of Jesus do wonderful and powerful things. Because he is God. Well, I thought he was the son of God. He is the son of God, but he is God in the flesh. The word made flesh. The word became, God became man. And dwelt among us. And when we look at Jesus, we, we, we got to know that he's holy. So the first example that we set to, to be like this, to be holy. What does that mean, to be morally pure? Listen, I'm not perfect. <laughs> Follow me for one day, you see I get upset, I, I, I get grieved, I get mad. But you know what? I'm not dependent on my holiness. I'm depending on Jesus' holiness. So I got to ask myself, would Jesus do that? <laughs> would Jesus get upset? Would Jesus lie? Would Jesus steal? Would Jesus commit adultery? Would Jesus smoke dope? Would Jesus drink alcohol? Would Jesus do all of that stuff? No, he wouldn't do it. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I'm preaching better than your amen to me. Hallelujah. Listen, would, would Jesus do those things? <laughs> Listen, you're going to fail God. But if you stop and say, nobody's perfect, I, I'm not perfect, that's where you stop. You say, God, change me. God, take this away from me. Get this thing out of my life. And after you overcome, there comes another one you're going to have to deal with. God, get that out of my life. Then it comes again. God, get that out. You're growing. You're changing. You're becoming more like Jesus. Oh, amen. Somebody hallelujah me or something. You're going to make me nervous. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> hallelujah. Yeah. To be more like Jesus. <laughs> I want to look at a, a story I, the Lord showed me this morning about Cain and Abel. I want you to turn with me, if you can turn to Genesis chapter 4. This is the first place in the Bible. Well, no, it's not really the first, but one of the first places where you see the flesh and the spirit conflict with one another. Our religion and God. How many know that all religion is not of God? 90% what you see out there probably don't even know God. Come on. Chapter 4. Verses 6. How many want to be like Jesus? And you know, I look at it that way. That when you're talking about your soul, your salvation, that is based upon what Jesus has done at the cross. Okay? When it comes down to being like Jesus, you might be saved, but you're being saved. You know what I'm saying? And what I mean by that, you're changing every day. You know what? When Jesus comes back and you raptured up, you're going to realize you're not, you, you're not going to be perfect when he comes back. Because the flesh can never glorify God. Because God has to kill that flesh every day. What I mean by that, all the little desires, all the little passions, all the little things that offend God, he's going to get it out. Cain and Abel is in a battle. Well, 
One is in a battle. Cain, Adam and Eve's son, was a hard worker. He, he, he planted his fields. He, he worked hard. He sweated. And, he, and, and Abel was a tender of sheep. He's the one that kept the sheep. He, he had flocks and herds. And Abel came one day. I mean, Cain came one day. He took all of his vegetables, all of his fruits, all of his works of his hands, and he, he put that on the altar. Then there comes Abel. He takes a lamb. I mean, what that lamb represents. <laughs> he takes this lamb, and he, and he slays it. And blood pours out on both sides of that altar. And, and God looks at Cain's offer and he says, I don't want it. <laughs> and it's not acceptable. Well, God, don't you know I work hard for this stuff? Don't you know I've sweated in the fields for this stuff? Don't you know how hard I work? So I don't want it. Here's Abel, didn't really do much, just tended the sheep. Came with this lamb. And God accepted his. And it furiated Cain. That's how religion is. Huh? Religion is trying their best, hard as they can to please God. They come and, God, I've been faithful to you. God, I've been working hard. God, I've been, I've been doing things for you. And religion comes and it presents that before God, and God doesn't want it. Don't you know me, God? Don't you know how hard I work? Don't you know how hard I took me to, to get that stuff, to plant that and wait and till the ground and do all that hard work? And here my brother, and he, he just puts a, a, an animal. <laughs> Come on, somebody. <laughs> and he offers that. And Cain got angry. Angry enough that he killed his brother. Mm. Listen, don't, don't blink your eye at religion because it'll put you to death. It'll steal everything God put in your life. I'm not talking about not living a sin-free life. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you put your faith in religion, in denomination, and how, how hard you can work for that you know, I could pick out a few of them. I'm not going to do that this morning, but I don't mind mentioning the Catholic Church. I don't mind mentioning Jehovah's Witness. I don't mind mentioning uh, the Mormons. All, why do you think they go about from house to house? That's their work. That's where they earn their salvation. But it, it ain't going to happen outside of the blood. If Jesus is not your salvation, you're lost. Tell that to some people. Jesus got the Pharisees furiated, man. How dare him? Don't he know who we are? We're Moses' children. Well, I mean, we're, we're Abraham's children. We follow the laws of Moses. And, they, and they're the ones that had Jesus crucified. Nothing wrong with the law of Moses. Come on, somebody. Not, listen, I said that before, and I'm going to say it again. Those Ten Commandments are not ten opinions. And it's not what God thinks you, you should do. It says, thus said the Lord. They're holy, they're just, but in themselves, there's no salvation. Come on, somebody. Just because you keep the Ten Commandments, that don't mean you're going to heaven. And you can't keep it without Jesus, And first of all. 
You can't keep them without the Holy Ghost. But just because you don't do all of these things and you place your whole hope and faith in that, you'll be lost. It's the blood. I'm going to read this to you in verse 6. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why are you angry? Why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? Come on, somebody. If you did what is right, I'd, I'd accept it. If you did what is right, I would accept it. But God, I, 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 I said five rosaries, and, and I went to the priest, and asked him for you, And you can go on and list everything, even in the Protestant movement. Oh, I joined that church and talked to that preacher and shook that preacher's hand and, and gave a lot of money to the church. And, and oh, Lord, look what I've done. Boy, we missed it somewhere. Today, when we was worshiping God, it wasn't about you and what you have done. It's about what Jesus has done. Come on, I feel the presence of the Lord. It's not about what you have done. It's what Jesus has done. It's not about how good you are and how much money you give and how much time you give. It's about what Jesus has done. Those things are good. If you want to you do that as a Christian, yeah, you're going to have works. But it's not about your works. It's about Jesus. You know, I, I talk to people every day. And I, when I start talking about the Lord, the first thing they say, oh, I pray to God. I say, oh, yeah. They just finished cussing and slandering God's name, but yet they're praying to him. They're not praying to the God of this Bible. Because he's holy and just. He, he, he demands a righteous walk. Amen? Without holiness, no man shall see God. My question is, let me finish reading this before I go to. So if you've done well, why are you angry? How dare God reject my offering? You don't know how hard I work for that? You don't know how much time I put in there? He says, let me finish reading this. And he says, sin lies at the door. Verse 8 says, now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, in a field. And Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Why? Why would Cain kill his brother? Was he angry at his brother or he was angry at God? Mm. His brother didn't say nothing. His brother just did what was right. Come on, somebody. I said his brother didn't, Cain, I mean, Abel didn't antagonize Cain and say his, he, he was more loved of God than, than Cain. He was angry at God. How many of you are going through something? And you, where are you, God? Don't you see I'm trying to pray? Don't you see I'm trying to, I'm trying to do all of this stuff? And then you see my men miles off. <laughs> you know, you throw a rock in the dark alley and you hit something, you know you, you, know you, you hit them. Brother Mike taught me that. <laughs> he hollers, you know you hit him. Be a cat or a dog or whatever. You know you go hit them. You throw it and hit somebody. You hear hollering somebody. Listen, I, <laughs> I holler a lot. Oh, when God says something and I don't want to do it. Oh, God, what's the matter? I'm the pastor of the church. Lord, I, I do all of that stuff. Lord, I go cut the grass. And Kevin knows what I'm talking about. He does the same thing. I mean, we, 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 that ain't nothing. If my worship is not on the Lord. 
I'll give you an example. Let me read this. <laughs> the Lord said unto Cain, where is your brother? Oh, oh, his blood cried out from the ground. My Lord, he wanted to hear from God. He touched God's child. The Bible says, a bit of millstone be hanged about your neck and be thrown in the depths of the sea and offend one of God's little children. It troubles me when I can see a child of God hurt, especially by a spouse or a wife or a husband, a child. Because God, smart, God has marked it. Said so your blood cried out from the ground. Listen, one day all of them Supreme Court judges that uh, put Roe versus Wade to say as law, they're going to hear the cry of them little babies, Sister Kathy, crying out from the ground. Come on, there ain't going to be a one they're not going to hear. The judgment of God's going to come upon the wicked, upon those that try to destroy his word. Little, I thought about that this morning. You, they, they, a, a man in Orneville somewhere, I don't know if it's down and in, drowned a few little cats and they arrested him. <laughs> but yet, they're going to tear babies to pieces by the means inside the mother's womb. And that's all right. It's not all right. That blood's crying out from the ground. Judgment is coming. For that horrible sin of abortion. No, I'm sorry, murder. Let's call it what it is. God is angry. But what is the church doing? We're having our little church services. And we're not praying against it. We're not fighting against it. We're not standing in the gap for these babies every day, every day, every day, every day. These babies need Jesus. They need, they need to be delivered. Are we going with our little religious motions? And we going with our little, listen, I, I'm not picking on nobody. Okay, I'm just saying that to what I felt the Lord. We, 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 we're in the church, but we're not of the church. We're, we're in the body, but we're not of the body. We're, we're just in motions like Cain was doing, okay? Cain was going through the motions. He was offering God the best that he had. He was just being a happy Christian, like a modern-day church today, because they go to church and don't know God. They go to church, they don't pray. They go to church, they don't worship. They go to church, they don't see God. Abel had a sacrifice of worship. He offered God the blood. And that was a shadow of what Jesus was to do. Okay? Where is your brother? The Lord said to Cain, where is your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? Well, I got news for you all. I'm Yvette's keeper and Ray's keeper and you're my keeper. We have to carry out each other's love and burden. We see one of us sick or, 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 or attacked by the devil, we should be crying out to God. You are your brother's keeper. I said you are your sister's keeper. You are. Listen, Jesus said if a shepherd have a hundred sheep and one goes astray, he'll leave the 99 in the back. And go find that one sheep. And the Bible says he'll rejoice over that one sheep more than the 99 that never went astray. You are your brother's keeper. You ought to be trying to reach those that are lost, that are backslidden from God. These were children of God. These were people of God that loved God. They've fallen away. They've grown away from God. 
You are your brother's keeper. Jesus set an example. There ain't no greater example ever in history of God's. You know, I, I believe when we look at Jesus, when, when, when Philip said, Lord, show us the Father that it might suffice. When he saw Jesus, Jesus made it very clear. When you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Everything that the Father is, is in me. I believe personally that's how God wanted man to be when he had created Adam. Because Adam was the wisdom of God. He could speak God's word. He could, he could name all the animals. He could, he could do all those marvelous things. He came straight from God. Where did Jesus come? Straight from God. So when, when God, when Jesus was ministering, and he said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Everything that the Father has, everything that the Father is, all the power he has given to the Son. So you see Jesus, you see God. Come on, somebody. There's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. These are three. That's it. Bearing record of one. Testifying of the same message, the same gospel, the same Jesus. The Father and the Son and the Spirit, they'll never contradict one another. So Jesus, didn't, Jesus got the religious people mad like, like Abel got Cain mad. He didn't have to hardly say anything. He was a testimony of who God is. So when you look at Jesus, you see God in the flesh. Not the man's part of Jesus, but God lived in him. It was three in one, like you said a minute ago. All three bearing the record. All a manifestation of God. That's what I'm trying to say. Jesus was an example, but he was praying in John chapter 17. He told, he prayed for his disciples. He was praying to the Father. He said, Lord, make them one as we're one. The disciples can be one person, but they can be one in unity and thought and spirit and mind. So I knew that Jesus was saying, my father and me are one in unity. One God in all three. Man, I'll preach, huh? <laughs> I, I'll tell you what, I don't fully understand it, but I'll tell you what, it's powerful. And I want you to turn with me to 1 Peter real quick. Chapter 2, verse 21. Man, I tell you, I'm not going to keep it too long, but I feel like preaching a little bit. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, I'm starting to get more preaching in me every day. Hallelujah. <laughs> when I start, listen, I've come to the point in my life where faith is important. Not the word faith, the action faith. I told Sister Janice today, I said, I'm starting to feel it, feel faith. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not, say, I have faith, but feel faith. It's just, it's just the more I read, the more I pray, the more I seek God, the more I understand His will, faith is just there, it just arises. Man, I feel like preaching. Y'all better hold me back. Hold my mule, hallelujah. Hey. <laughs> you know when I had to forgive somebody? I felt the forgiveness. It wasn't that. That's why I can be freed from bitterness of the, over that person or unforgiveness or anything. I felt the forgiveness. 
When you start feeling faith, feeling grace, feeling forgiveness, <laughs> it's starting to, I'm starting to get a little scared. <laughs> what a great God I serve. I don't have to think about it. I just believe it. For years, we've all been in it. We've all heard faith. And, and, and you know what? Because we wasn't listening. I wasn't listening. Like I see many times, people say, you believe God? Oh, yeah. No, no. Do you believe him? Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord. I better preach something. <laughs> the confidence in the faith that God has given us is awesome. You know, the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, I'm, I'm starting to get less confident in what man says. Seriously. I listen to the politicians, they promise you all kinds of things. I listen to the preachers, they promise you all kinds of stuff. But I, I don't hear Jesus. You'd be surprised listening to a modern day preacher, the, a lot of them on TV, you barely hear in the name of Christ. It's some good field preachers. Come on, somebody. Uh, uh, every day is a Friday. You know, you're only glad when Friday gets here. But for preachers, every day is a Friday. It's just a, everything's good. It aggravated me that day when I heard one of those preachers say, you know, 90-some percent of the world is basically good. I said, where are you sleeping at? <laughs> I said, where he's been? <laughs> Tell my brothers and sisters that are beheaded over them demon Muslims on the, on the, every day. Torn to pieces by religion. And tell me every man, basically the world is good. He better get his head out the sand, buddy, because he ain't, he ain't, he ain't in the same world we're in. Oh, he's got his money, he's got his fame, he's got his fortune, so everything's good for him, sure. But God's going to judge it. And judge him too. No, not every, every 90-some percent of America. Jesus said there's none good. No, not one. And he's talking about the ungodly. He's talking about false religion. He's talking about the sinner. No, there's not 90-something percent of the world is basically good. That's a lie. The same preacher said he won't even mention sin in his church. Well, my Bible talks about sin from Genesis to Revelation. God's always dealing with the sin in the heart of man. What Bible he's reading? He needs to get saved. Um, forgive me. He needs to get saved. He's a false prophet. Jesus said it like this. For this you were called. Who? You. You, you, you. Us. Remember me, Ed? Us. That's not a word. Don't look it up in the dictionary. <laughs> and in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. I said it a few weeks back. Us is the problem. Us just don't want to do what God says. <laughs> hey, she can't just make up new words, kiaw and puyai. That's not in the dictionary. <laughs> yeah, you ain't gonna find that in the dictionary. <laughs> it's just us just could be along with it. Hallelujah, we some us. <laughs> <laughs> no. Listen, 
I don't know if you ever try to use series. Try to ask her a question. I'm sorry. <laughs> don't they make a Cajun version? <laughs> I, I tell you what, I'm on that phone, I said, and I try to ask you something. I'm sorry. <laughs> it don't understand me very well. <laughs> you know, I try to be eloquent. <laughs> I try. As much as I try. <laughs> she just don't understand me, hallelujah. He says, <laughs> for this you are called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us a what? Yes. An example that we should do what? Follow Ooh, that'll preach. <laughs> oh, follow his steps. So what is Jesus like? <laughs> I mean, seriously. He suffered and he gave his life. For us, we ought to be able to give our life for one another. That's what he's trying to tell us. Listen, I asked myself a question, and I said it before, and it's because it goes with what I'm talking about. I asked myself one day, I asked the Lord, really. I said, Lord, do I love my wife? He said, would you die for her? I said, in a heartbeat. Then you love her. As Christ loved the church and gave himself for her, for him. So I'm to love my wife as Christ loved the church. So I learned something about what's more important. I mean, out of all the human beings on this planet, my wife is the most important one. And I, of course, you got a husband and a wife. I mean, you should know that. Because I'm going to die with her. Or she's going to die with me on, on her side. I'm going to be able to, I'm going to be buried in the same grave with her. You know, that's because even in death, we're not to be separate. I know we die and one goes on before the other. That's not what I'm talking about. But I mean, as for who we are together, right? We're one. We're not to be separate. I tell her when the rapture happens, whoever's first, we're going to grab each other by the hand and we're going to go and meet the Lord together. I like old Ruth. When she came on the scene, she told her mother-in-law, where, where I die, where you die, I die. Where you buried, I'm being buried. My God is your God. My Lord, I'm going to preach that one day. <laughs> My God is your God. Ruth came out of a pagan religion. Ruth was a Moabias. She worshipped Baal and Astoris and all these false gods. But she said, my God is your God. I told her mother-in-law. That was her mother-in-law. Because her husband had died. Where I'm buried, you, where you buried, I'm buried. <laughs> your God is my God. <laughs> and he goes on and he says, oh, let me just read these to you. Okay, turn close your Bible. Trust me, they're in the Bible. I just want to, I got some verses I want to read, okay? And I want you to just listen to them, all right? Just listen to them. 1 John chapter 2, verse 6 says, He, who's that? Who says, he abides in him, ought himself to walk just as he walks. So if you're calling yourself a Christian, you're to walk like Jesus, right? Yep. Yep. If you're claiming to be of Christ, 
Well, I don't know how to walk like Jesus. I don't know what Jesus was like. They got a book that calls the Bible. The first thing I would tell you Christians, go to the book of John. Book of John is more, more in, more in the, they're all good. They're all God's word. But the book of John is more personal. Let me, actually, let me show you this. Let's say this is a, a, a brand new car on the assembly line. I heard this years ago and it stuck with me. It says four people are coming to look at it. That car, you ever seen them cars? They, they, they turn them on those big old, and it's brand new. I mean, it has so many different gadgets and design and, and everything. And, 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 and there comes a man called Matthew. Now, if you read the Gospel of Matthew, you know Matthew's dealing with the Jewish people. So a lot, of, a lot in Gospel, Matthew's he's constantly trying to convince the Jewish people that Jesus is of the seed of David. So he's, he's looking for a family vehicle, okay? So he looks at that car and he says, I need a family vehicle. So Matthew goes with, with the family in mind, all right? And almost more than that, but it's just the idea. And there comes Mark. Mark goes and he's looking for something to get power. Because I think Mark, basically, he was Barnabas' nephew in, in the book of Acts. And the trying to convince the Romans about Jesus. The Romans, you have to, de- you have to demonstrate power, okay? You have to demonstrate power to them. They got to see some power. A lot of miracles, a lot of, probably most, book of Mark is full of miracles, okay? And there comes Luke. He looks at the car, and he's a businessman. He's a cat. <laughs> He's looking, you know, I think, I think Luke's main mission probably was to convince the, the, uh, the Greeks. He was a, they say, I don't believe, I mean, I think he was Jewish probably, but I might be wrong. Uh, and he's looking for something to better his business. And he's finally trying to find a business vehicle. I know I'm in business. Listen, when any when more dump trucks don't run, I don't make no money, buddy. So I got to find something that can run. But that's John. John, what he does, and listen to me good, if you get anything, he opens the hood and he puts his ear against the engine. And he wants to hear what makes it tick. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> he wants to hear what makes it work. The heart. You know who John is writing to? The church. Come on, somebody. See, nobody in this world is going to understand. Even Nicodemus was a religious Pharisee. Jesus said, except a man be born again, he cannot even get in the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said, how can you be born when you're old? Nicodemus could quote the first five books of the Bible by heart and most of the prophets. He was a Pharisee. He was lost. Come on, somebody. Oh, no, he knew all most of No, he was lost. He didn't know God. So how can a man be born when he is old? Could he go a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus looked at him. Are you a teacher in Israel and you don't even know that? That which is born of the spirit is spirit. That which is born of flesh is flesh. See, the world can't understand that. There was two births taking place. You were physically born and you have to be spiritually born. There's not a person in this room that didn't come from a mama. Right, Mom? 
There's the, not a person in this room hasn't been born unless you've been hatched like some people. <laughs> but wait. The only people that can be born again is the ones born in the flesh, right? Physical birth. So when you're born again, you're born spiritually. The Bible says the wind goes where it wants and you hear the sound thereof. Come on. But you know not where you're coming or going. So the spirit is like that. The Bible comes, you're born again, you take on a new nature, a new spirit. You was once sold out to the devil, now you're sold out to God. And Jesus is saying, now, if you're born again, you have to walk like I walk. What did Jesus teach us to walk? He told us to obey the commandments, right? Come on. He told us to follow God's ways. What is the Ten Commandments? The Ten Commandments are God's character. Oh. I'm almost finished. <laughs> if you dishonor your mama, in the Old Testament, you were killed. You know, God still feels the same way. If you lied, if you dishonored God and chose another God, you would put to death. The only thing that stops it today is that blood. You remember what I told you about earlier? Because of the blood of Jesus, God holds his hand back. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching better than you all. God holds his hand back because of the blood of Jesus. You better get under that blood. You better get under that blood. You better offer the sacrifice that Abel had. Don't come to God bragging how spiritual you are and how much you've done for God and all that stuff. That ain't worth it. If you don't put it under the blood, that other stuff don't even matter. Man, I feel like preaching. I'm almost finished. <laughs> it's hard to stop. <laughs> under the blood. <laughs> Jesus said, you have to walk like I walked. Follow my ways. Like I said, the Gospel of John is one of the perfect examples. See who he is. You know, um, Jesus was fixing to die. and he, he, At the Last Supper, he, he took a, a towel and he girded himself. And he, and he went and he grabbed the disciples' feet. Remember? My Lord Jesus, he washed their feet. Guess who else he washed? Judas. And, and, and what? Judas betrayed him. He knew Judas was going to, but he still washed his feet. I thought about that. I said, man, are you going to wash the feet if somebody wants to put you in the grave and, and, and deceive you and sell you out? Oh, we got to walk like Jesus. I want to be more like Jesus. <laughs> Come on. This, I'm getting off in the meddling now. <laughs> There's nothing like the great forgiveness of God. And Jesus is very, very clear. If you don't forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father in heaven forgive yours. And he said, do this. I've showed you. Now go do it for each other. Wash each other's feet. Man, I'll tell you what I had to do that one day. But and I was preaching in Henderson. I was a pastor over the Lord. And there was a lady, man, she was just a troublemaker. Man, she was trying to cause all kinds of problems. I'll never forget that. 
I went and washed her feet. <laughs> I took her shoes off, grabbed the towel, <laughs> and washed her feet. Not just the, the, the physical act of washing her feet. That's not what I'm talking about. It's what's happening inside of you. <laughs> Who man, I feel. It's nothing good but feeling free. You ever had that? I feel free. I feel free. I don't feel bound up. I don't feel the bitterness. I don't feel all that. I had to wash that lady's feet, man. I was humbling. <laughs> no matter what it smelled like, <laughs> I still had to do it. <laughs> Seriously, that, that, that done something. But Jesus did it, right? Let me, just, let me read in Ephesians. You don't have to turn there because I'm going to read it for you. Therefore, be an imitator of God as dear children. What does that mean? To be like God. Not to be God, but to be like Him. Jesus washed feet. Come on, somebody. Jesus went among the sinners and preached the gospel to them. When religious people didn't have enough gall, they were sitting with their religious clothing on, thinking they were the only thing that mattered to God. And Jesus said, You hypocrites. <laughs> So you're nothing but whited sceptres. You ever saw a grave when you paint it? You know, you go to a cemetery, people paint the graves and they have flowers. You know what I'm saying? It looks so pretty. I saw, I was cutting grass yesterday. I saw some flowers back there and happy Mother's Day. And that's all great. And that's fine. So pretty, man. It's just like, like the grave is alive. But inside, what is it? Dead bones. Mm. <laughs> I got to shut up. <laughs> you're nothing but dead man's bones. Sure, you appear beautiful on the outside, but nothing but rotten, dead man's bones. That's all that's in the grave. There's nothing in there to disturb anybody. There's nobody going <laughs> to... You, you can go in a cemetery and jump and holler and scream all you want. Nobody's going to say anything. You know why? Dead. It bothers me when we see that in the church. Nobody wants to jump and holler and sing and do that. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> dead. <laughs> I don't want to be in a dead church. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I want to be in a live church. Hallelujah. <laughs> I like to see people sing. I like to see people dance. I like to listen. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, I was watching one brother, he was singing uh Going Over Jordan. I don't know if you ever heard that song. I was playing for the other day. I said, Go over Jordan. And he's singing. He said, Jordan is on the promised land. When you cross over Jordan, in, 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 in the book of you know, Joshua, they crossed over Jordan. They went into the promised land. He said, there's life in the promised land. There's hope in the promised land. Oh, devil, don't stand in my way. Cross over Jordan and get to the other side, and you'll find life. I've given you the promise on the other side. You stay here, you ain't going to get nothing. The victory's on the other side of Jordan. And what happened? They walked in there with that, with that Ark of the Covenant. That, that, that Jordan split open. <laughs> the priest was standing in the middle. <laughs> God parted the Jordan and they crossed over. And you know what? They conquered, they conquered Jericho and they conquered all the land because they, they crossed over. Over Jordan is where life is. Jordan is where victory is. Over Jordan where the promise is, praise God. If you want to stay on this side of the river, that's your business. Hallelujah. But I don't want to stay on this. I want, to, I want more of God. <laughs> I want to be where the promise of God is. I want to be where the joy of God is. I want to be where the victory of God is. I want to be where the hope of God is. I'm not going to stay on this side of Jordan and, and, and just run away. <laughs> 
Hallelujah. <laughs> okay. Be an imitator, therefore, of God as, and walk in love as Christ also loved us and gave himself for us as an offering, as a sacrifice to God for our sweet smell and savor and aroma. Hallelujah. Jesus was an aroma to God. Jesus was a sweet smelling savor to God. As horrible as that cross was, it went before God as an aroma. Sweet smelling aroma. God finally got what was demanded that man could be saved. God accepted Jesus' sacrifice. Come on, somebody. As the only hope for mankind, He was the price. Now we can go to God ourselves. We don't need a priest. We don't need a preacher. We don't need none of that. We, we can go to God ourselves. The curtains were torn from top to bottom. God made a way. That man no longer had to depend on a priest or rabbi or spiritual leader. By being born again, you can go to the Father yourself. And we're to walk. Listen, that don't, if that don't excite you, if that doesn't get you stirred up, ask God, what's wrong with me? I'm not picking on anybody. Seriously, we all, I, I've been through that same dry spell. This seriously, I've, I've been there. I felt God was a million miles off. You know, I didn't know where God was. Felt like God didn't love me anymore. <laughs> Come on. Felt like God cast me off. But all he was doing is waiting for you down that dusty road. Amen. The prodigal son's coming back. Remember I said that last week? The hog pen, living in the hog. Listen, God is waiting. He's got the shoes ready. He's got the ring ready. And he's got the robe ready, buddy. First of all, you are God's child. Righteousness is on you. You have the authority of the Father. By putting that ring on his hand, he can go get whatever he wanted. And, he, and the only people that didn't wear shoes were slaves. I'm not a slave. I'm, I'm a slave to Jesus. But God has made me one of his children. Hallelujah. Praise God. My Lord, I, I don't want to get off. And <laughs> it excites me. Praise God. Let me read you one more verse out of Mark. Well, a couple of verses, but you don't have to turn there. I just want you to listen real good. Promise me you're listening this morning. <laughs> listen. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I want you to say, Boy, Brother Lenny, the Holy Ghost has got a hold of me. <laughs> I'm free today. <laughs> I'm a free Christian, free to serve him now. I'm not bound by this, the latches of sin or the chains of sin anymore. God has given me victory. Then I'm going to say, God, thank you for hearing my words and hearing my prayers. It says, yet it shall, it shall not be so among you. Jesus is talking about the Pharisees. Listen, I'm talking about Pharisees. My shoe almost made me trip for the time. <laughs> The disciples were arguing who would be great among them. And that was the whole thing. They thought Jesus was coming to take over the world now in his day. And they, he thought Jesus was going to overthrow the Roman government and all of that. He thought he would, And they would have sat right there on their little thrones helping Jesus. They would be like little governors in Jesus' kingdom. And they were seeking who would be the greatest among them. And you know what? If that's your purpose this morning, you're out of God's will. If you're seeking to be greater than someone else, or who's going that's not what God wants. They came to Jesus and, 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 and 
He told him this. Whosoever desires to become great among you, what did she say? Shall be his servant. What? You mean, if I want to be great, I got to wash somebody's feet? I got to pick them up when they're down? When they're hungry, I got to try my best to provide for them? I got to pray for them and go meet them when they're hurting? I got to try to help lighten their burden? That's not what I want. I want to be a big spiritual giant, man. I want to be somebody in the spotlight, man. I want to be somebody that can, can, you know what I'm saying? Can everybody look at. I'm going to be honest with y'all. I don't really feel much like a pastor. I feel more like a servant. You know, that's a title. But Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve. That's what he said. If Jesus thought he needed to be a servant, how much more should you be a servant? Huh? It says here, Whosoever desires to be first shall be, the, be slave of all. <laughs> means you're going to be the one washing feet and carrying people's burdens and helping people. If you want to be first, you've got to be a slave. You've got to be a servant. Listen, back when uh, the Civil War, black Americans were, were bound, all right? We don't have no idea of what these people were going through. Seriously. The, their, their men, their women were raped. Men were beaten to shreds. I mean, they did all kind of stuff to them. But, you know, we had a man that, was, what, that came to power called Abraham Lincoln. And he came up with a law or made it possible. He says it's called the Emancipation Proclamation. And that was a document that all black people can be free. It took a while, Sister Kathy, before the black people knew they were free. Because there's nobody going to tell them. It took a while before they realized, hey, we're free. <laughs> How many Christians are feeling bound up, and really they're free. Because they don't understand the, the, the emancipation proclamation given by Christ. When he died on the cross, and you were born again, you will be made free. Satan's not your master anymore. The devil will beat you to a pulp. The devil will destroy you, discourage you, do everything possible he can do. Because we don't understand how, how free we are. I am not Satan's servant. You're not Satan's servant if you're born again. When you give your life to Jesus, Jesus purchased you on that cross. I'm not bound up, y'all, by his lies. He doesn't control my life no more. The only enemy I got, I got he's still my enemy, but this flesh and this world and the devil, that's the unholy trinity. We have the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. But he is the devil, the world, and the flesh. That's the unholy trinity. Those are your enemies. But as for being born again, if you're born again, you're going to heaven. You die today. If you know Jesus Christ is your Savior, no devil in hell can stop it, right? Hmm. <laughs> that tastes good. <laughs> you know, somebody said, well, oh, man, you ever ate a, a Three Musketeers bar? Oh, no. I ate it, but... So, man, I bet it tastes good. You'll never, you'll never know till you taste it. 
Come on. You never know what I got till you taste it. <laughs> right? I never know what you got till I taste it. I can talk about it till I'm blue in the face. I can tell you I excited them about Jesus till I'm blue in the face. Till you taste it. <laughs> okay. Amen. Almost finished. <laughs> For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give his life for a ransom. Let this mind be in you. What does he mean? This is what I want you to think, right? That's what he's saying. Let this mind be in you. This is how I want you to think. God's given us a word in Philippians chapter 2, verse, verse 5. Let this mind be in you. <laughs> he says, let this mind be in you. He says, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, an appearance of God, or, or, or one God of the Trinity, the Son. He says, being in the form of God, not considered it robbery to be with God, but he, he made himself of no reputation what he became like us. He became man, right? He didn't pop out a cloud, I'm God. He just made him, he became flesh. Could have done that if he wanted to, but he didn't. He didn't take on no reputation as being God. You get what I'm saying? He thought it not Robert to be equal with God, but he didn't take on the form of God. He came as a man. <laughs> and died on the cross. Taking the form of a bond servant. <laughs> God in the flesh, the creator of all the universe, became a slave or bond servant. And coming in the likeness of man, he being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the death, even the death of the cross. So Jesus came, was born in Mary, and came in the flesh. Now you mind me, this is Jesus. This is God being birthed in man. And he took upon the form of a servant. Oh man, I ain't got time to go talk to somebody. I ain't got time to pray on people. I ain't got time to go do all that stuff. We better make time. Because God's people need to be fruitful sheep, not barren. You tell, see somebody that you need to invite to church, let them come. Invite them to Jesus first. If you know, you know somebody that's hurting, grab their hand. If they let you, pray with them. So Jesus can heal you. Jesus can set you free. I'm free. See, the problem with most people, why they can't, be, they can't offer freedom, because they have never learned what it is. Right? I'm free today. <laughs> so God said, I'm going to heaven because of the blood of Jesus. I'm free. Teresa, Mom, all of y'all. I'm going to heaven because he paid that price. People say, well, I'm saved now. I can live like I want. Oh, you can't. Light can't have fellowship with darkness. Christ can't have fellowship with Balar, the devil. How could the temple of God have agreement with idols? Which you are the temple of God. Be separated, the Bible says. Come out from among them. But I'm free. Well, I can't do what I want. I'm not free. No, that's, that's what you freed from. 
You're freed from sin. You're freed from the lies of the enemy. You're freed from the devil. Stand up a minute, praise God. I'm going to go ahead and close. I want to leave you with something, okay? But all I said today, if I left you with this one thing, remember, you're free. If you're not, we're going to pray for you. You get born again, right? If you're not free today, Jesus Christ can make you free. I got a sign I said, come experience Jesus. I mean, uh, uh, I forgot what I said. Be free in the Lord. The Lord said, when are we selling no bees? When I first put it up, I put the can be free or be free, free bees. <laughs> the Lord told me, say, I didn't know we were selling some free bees. We had some free bees over here. <laughs> I crossed them. <laughs> no, you can be free in Jesus. <laughs> I want to ask you a question. And it's between you and God, church. You don't have to come up here or nothing. Seriously. Do you feel free this morning? Amen. Come on. Do you feel like Jesus has set you free? Listen, you're separate from this world. The world doesn't understand that. The world only gets pleasure when things go good for us. And have a lot of money and have a lot of things and you know, everything's going good and you go on vacation and nothing wrong with all that stuff, but they're only happy when things go good. <laughs> but ain't it wonderful to be happy when things are not going good? My mama said this morning, on top of the mountain, it's okay. We can praise God on top of the mountain. Well, how about when you're in a valley? <laughs> when everything is falling on top of your head and every, every problem comes against you, can you be free then? Yes, you can be free. You have to look at that problem and say, you are not my God problem. <laughs> You're not, you're not my Lord, devil. Burden, you're not my Lord. You're not, you don't rule me. I can be in the valley on top of the mountain anywhere I want. I'm in Jesus. Amen. Jesus is my freedom. Hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you for this morning. I just thank you that your word went out this morning. And I ask it not to be void, Lord God. I pray you said your word will not return void. And I want to be free this morning, Father. And I pray for everyone here that they can know what freedom is. Freedom from this world, freedom from sin, freedom from the lies of the enemy, freedom from death and hell and the grave. God, you are our light. You're our freedom. You're our hope. In Jesus' name.